Kia ora everyone, today I'm pleased to have Rachel Dixon appearing on episode 6 of the NZPE Teacher Cast. Rachel works out of Christchurch and is the first southerner to appear on the podcast. She brings a wealth of knowledge, particularly around anything health related, and has some very good key points and tips relating to health consultation, which is the focus of today's episode. Remember, I'm always looking for teachers to interview, so yell out if you're keen and we can line something up. Other than that, keep up the good work. Only six and a half weeks left to go to the end of the year. I hope you enjoy the podcast. You're listening to the NZPE TeacherCast, a podcast sharing some of the inspirational stories from amazing health and physical education teachers. Today's episode is sponsored by My Study Series, an online learning platform by New Zealand PE teachers for New Zealand PE teachers and their students. Check it out now at mystudyseries.co.nz. Kia ora everyone, I'd like to welcome Rachel Dixon, uh, she's the National Coordinator for Health and Physical Education at Canterbury University. Um, you're losing your voice along with mine, we've been at PENS, um, what's been your best takeaway from PENS so far? I've talked to quite a few people and everyone seems to be really pleased with the quality of the presentations that are on offer and the curriculum related, the teaching and learning related things and also um, just a chance to network with other people. Mm. So yeah, I've been enjoying that and there's, too. there's been a few, um, we, we heard from a panel yesterday that said some controversial stuff which was quite interesting, good to see different sides to, to all of these um, approaches in, in health and physical education. Um, can you just explain a little bit more about your current role, like your work history, um, your teaching experience and basically just tell us what you do? Yep. Uh, so I work at the University of Canterbury in a PLD role for teachers across a health PE learning area. Uh, I've been doing that job for four years. Prior to that I was a secondary teacher, mainly in health education, uh, but I also worked for NZQA for a few years as National Moderator for Health Education. Uh, I'm also co-chairperson of the NZHEA, Health Education Subject Association, uh, which is a voluntary type thing, but that does keep me busy as well. Do you think you want to get back into the classroom at all, at, at some point? Do you miss it? What I really miss is teaching, teaching and learning, you know, with the students. Yeah. yeah, I really miss that. And whenever I talk to um, either teacher trainees or get into classrooms with teachers that I work with, I really enjoy working with the students um, and talking to teachers about planning that they're doing, and I'd love to do some, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but honestly, all that other stuff that teachers have to do, just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge at times, but, you know, the kids are, for me anyway, the kids are what um, really keep bringing me back each year, mm. those relationships and, and, and meeting all these amazing kids and giving them a little bit of knowledge, for me anyway. Yeah. So today what I really wanted to talk to you about was health consultation and in and, and, and all its glory, really. Can you, do you mind introducing what health consultation is and why it's important for us as physical educators, not just for um, HODs I guess, but for all physical educators. So 
It is written into the Education Act, um, 60, Section 60B of the Education Act, that every two years the uh, Schools Board of Trustee must consult with the school community over the delivery of health education. Uh, lots of people ask me uh, why should we have to do this, but I prefer to see it as an opportunity to showcase the learning in health education and, and possibly phys ed as well. There's no reason why um, you can't expand that out. Um, to just to gather a holistic picture of the community's wishes for health and or PE and or food and nutrition as well in your school? I think it's, um, we, we've just, my school's just finished their consultation this year and it was, a, it was a really interesting process. It's only really the second one that I've done. But the, the difference between the two, you know, the, with technology and, and things changing, it, it's really making consultation a lot easier for us, I think, if we're willing to embrace those technologies and, and, and things like that. It makes it easier to reach the community, and it's, um, you can see some of the importance of being able to do that. I think there's a lot of myths around the consultation process and, and what we do and why we do it and how we do it. Do you want to maybe chat about some of the biggest myths that you encounter around consultation? Yeah. Um... I think there's the what, what needs to be consulted on. Um, so the main point of the consultation is to, um, you'd have a draft delivery statement, how your school is going to deliver health education in your school. Um, so that's what you're mainly focusing on. Who writes that draft statement? Who, who should be involved in writing that draft statement? Yep. Um, that's probably the second myth that I was going to talk about. <laughs> who is in charge? Yeah, so who is... And it is the Board of Trustees' responsibility to to do this process, but they often do ask um, an HOD, a TIC, or someone in senior leadership to take on board the role of, of the community consultation. Um, but another myth I thought relating to this might be that the Board of Trustees it might be an assumption that they understand the process themselves and they, they may not know a lot about it as well, especially, you know, we're in a board of trustees election year this year, so there's new boards. Mm. Um, so I guess the onus in some ways is on the health or phys ed teacher or HOD to um, stand up and say, hey, we need to do our consultation and, and see it as an opportunity to advocate and showcase the learning in your learning area. Yeah, I think that... Being an advocate for, for those things is important and definitely the, the two that I've run, um, the board really had very little idea about the requirements around health consultation and I think the first one I did we were even a bit late on it and they had come to me and said well why haven't you done this and I was yep. in the same, you know, I had no idea that it needed to be done or yep. I didn't understand how it should be done or when it needed to be, un be done so that knowledge is, is not always um, floating about. Mm. Any other myths that you wanted to mention? Yeah, just one was the who should be consulted. Yep. Um, the school community involves um, whānau, Iaga, other teachers and of course students. And we saw that a little bit in the panel, uh, the keynote yesterday with um, Catherine Wells at Linfield College talking about how her students actually led the consultation, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. So yep. um, a lot of people think it's just getting a survey from parents or getting parents along to an information evening or something like that but I think you know, having students at the centre of that is 
quite useful. We had, uh, with my consultation this year, we, it was, the student voice was very informal, the, the, the community was, was quite formal the way yeah. we did it, but one interesting thing that came out of that, a cool story for me, was we had a boy, year 13 boy, who, um, he just approached me one day and said, look, I want to I wanna come in and speak to you about your health program, because I don't think, thinking back to, particularly, it was particularly around sexuality, thinking back to, back to his experiences in year 10, he compared his experience with his girlfriend's experience because the, uh, I think she had just finished her consultation at another school. And he went, wow, you're learning a, a hell of a lot more than what I learned in year 10. So he said, well, I want to come and give you some feedback around, the, I guess, the content that was missing and when, I, when he went through it. I mean, that, for an HOD, that was um, a really cool process to go through. Uh, for me with him and I guess for him too that, that he felt that his voice was being heard and that he was contributing to what we were doing so yep. um, looking back now I, I kind of wish that I had done more of that or made it more formal and given more opportunity for our students yep. because they're, I mean, they're, our, they're our target market with, with this that they're the ones that are facing the issues um, out in the real world yep. and if we're not meeting their needs then what are we meeting? I see that as actually quite a strong way of, um, you know, there's a spectrum of student voice and that's sort of at the empowerment end because they know that you're collecting it for authentic reasons and you're actually going to do something about that mm. and the change might happen, driven by them, yeah. So for somebody, for an HOD who, who might be new or who hasn't really done consultation, health consultation in the past, what's a, what's a good starting point? in terms of process that they need to follow? I know you mentioned the, the draft statement and, and writing that up, but what, what sort of process should we be looking to follow? Um, so if you're starting to plan for your consultation, I would suggest that you check out what's been done at your school in the past. Uh, does your school even have a delivery statement? How was the consultation run last time? What worked? What didn't work in your school community context? The... Ministry of Education Sexuality Education Guide that was revised last year in 2015 does give some guidance on a suggested process um, and they say to start with a draft delivery statement and design a range of consultation activities from there to gain a rich picture of voice across the community. Um, you're probably going to give some information about the content that's taught in health across the levels um, that where you teach health at the school. But the focus is on the adoption of this delivery statement. Um, as part of the uh, implementation of the revised sexuality guide last year, um, NZHEA worked alongside PLD providers and we developed a range of materials. And we have got a document up on our website with guidance for developing a delivery statement. And we, we put in some, it's about, it's five pages, it's got some really nice gems and it's got, um, a number of dra um, sample delivery statements that we mocked up, um, or that we got from we got from some schools with permission. Um, so I really recommend checking that out, especially if you don't have a delivery statement yep. as, as a starting point. That um, definitely I, I access some of those documents, and they really helped with, with my process for sure. Um, so that that's available to everyone at healtheducation.org.nz under the sexuality education tab. Um, and we've got heaps of other resources for supporting teaching and learning and sexuality education just as part of that um, ministry re revise of that guide. It, it doesn't have to be a, a physical meeting, right? You don't have to sit down with the community. You can no. consult them in any way you want, right? No. 
Um, so something that a lot of people do now, as you said, with the um, technology advancements, you know, the Google Forms or the SurveyMonkey um, online survey, if sometimes even people can send out through KMAR an email or a survey link to the whole um, parent community quite easily. Um, I've heard of schools that have had like a 40 or 50% response rate to that online survey, which is a lot more, you get, you're gaining more parent voice or community voice than if you have two or three parents come along to a session. Mm. Um, something else that a lot of people do successfully is hook the community consultation onto other events where parents are already attending. Like an open evening or a year nine information evening, something yep. like that. Yeah, it might even be a report evening or a learning conferences um, afternoon. Pacifica, Fono, um, Māori Hui, so you, you know, other cultural groups in the school, so you're just hooking in with other things where parents are already at the school. One thing I did this year, which I think really helped with our process, was when I sent out the survey, I offered up. Um, I said that everybody who responded would go on the draw for a hundred dollar Rebels sport voucher, and we had. I think I still get um, I still get responses in my email now <laughs> that people have, have seen it, and but we got about eighty responses, which going from my first consultation where um, it was myself, another health teacher a board member and a DP and nobody else turned up and we had these platters yeah. it was that was a disaster but being yeah. able to leverage this technology and yeah. send it out to the community and have them have a bit of incentive with that really yep. helped with what we were doing. I think that incentive is, is something that a lot of people have done and I like your one which was you know the rebel sport yeah. so that fits the theme of um, you know health promoting. Um, another actually aspect to community consultation could be having some conversations with contributing schools, so the connections there, um, whether you've got full primaries or intermediates in the area, seeing what they do and, and, and even organising an event, consultation event, if, if it was the same year that you were doing it um, together, which could be quite powerful. That's a really powerful, good idea. No, I, I hadn't thought of that. And I guess with communities of learning now, there is more of that coherence and, and the connections between schools. Mm. Um, so that could actually be quite an interesting project for a community of learning to get involved in as well. You you mentioned the website and, and access to some of these resources. Where else can FZ or health teachers get support on issues relating to health education or, or consultation? I know you run some workshops, I've attended one of them and it was really good, but um, where can we find more information? Um, well, with the redesign of PLD from the Ministry for next year, it's really difficult to know the extent to which centrally funded PLD will be provided to health and PE teachers in particular. Um, at the moment, they've got priority areas of um, maths um, or literacy, um, numeracy, digital fluencies, today, those sorts of things, technology and the new digital technologies, things coming into the curriculum, that sort of thing. Um, so I guess your subject associations is, is one of the best possible places for support. So you've got PENS, you've got NZHEA, um, EONS as well, and HITANS for food and nutrition. Um, but yeah, it's quite, yeah, there's, you know, the, using social media like Twitter is a good place that yep. people, people are, I'm sure, are already using to share share ideas and collaborate. Cool, thanks for that. One last question that I, I want to ask you, I, I don't think you were aware I was going to ask this one, but 
Olympics coming up, what, which Olympic event are you looking forward to watching the most? Well, it's hard to know what's going to be on free-to-air coverage, right, and what time of the day it will be. That might determine my, my watching. Um, I remember in 1996, I was in year 13 or 7th form, and um, I did sneak home quite a lot. Actually, I didn't, didn't attend school a lot. Actually, at that point in time, I did sneak home, and I enjoyed watching swimming. That was Daniel Loder. Yeah. Um, Oh, sometimes I like watching the gymnastics because it's I'm just in awe of the skills and the flexibility and the range of movements and stuff. Yeah, pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, the athletics are um, probably the track, yeah. the running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's always a big draw card. Rachel, I really want to stop you for uh, thank you for stopping by and sharing some of your expertise relating to health consultation with us. It's it's really good that we have professionals such as yourself who have the needs of our students and communities at the forefront of everything you do. So once again, thanks for stopping by and I look forward to catching up in the near future. Thanks, Carl.